Check. It is the 23rd of January, and I'm recording an interview with Galen Ash with Labor Slate out of the Bay Area, San Francisco, California, for Labor Lines on KRFP 90.3, Moscow, Idaho, and Labor Lines, a podcast that can be found on Anchor FM and some other platforms. Uh, Galen, again, he's the communications chair with Labor Slates. Uh, and I'm, Galen, I'm just going to turn Labor Slate, excuse me. I'm going to turn, uh, turn it over to you now. Uh, you're welcome to uh, introduce your organization, uh, talk about how things went in uh, just a few months ago in the last election, and uh, we'll go from there. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you, John, so much for uh, having me on and, and making some time uh, to uh, discuss uh, the campaign uh, we ran last year. Um, the Labor Slate is uh, an independent political organization running labor and community leaders for public office. Um, at this point, we are uh, exclusively focused on local level races uh, from school board to city council um, and different boards and commissions at the local level. Uh, these are all nonpartisan races, and we run completely independently of uh, the Democrats or Republicans. Um, and we we make sure our candidates uh, get elected um, and win votes on a unified political platform um, that is pro-working class um, and uh, supports uh, low-income and, and working people um, right now in the Bay Area. And we're looking into the future to expand uh, across California. Uh, last Last year, we ran six candidates um, for local office. We got three of them elected, uh, and we're uh, feeling super excited about the future. We feel like a 50% win rate is, uh, is really exciting, um, and we're uh, looking to expand the number of races we can test in 2022 uh, and uh, hopefully elect uh, many more working-class candidates uh, to public office next year. Excellent. I agree. The first time up on the ballot in a in a, a dense demographic area, a lot on the table, Galen, and you did well, like you say, with that 50 percent win, uh, kind of like a, a new franchise team coming into the league. Uh, excellent record there. Uh, if you don't mind an analogy, uh, yeah. it, it doesn't get you into the series, but boy, it gets you on the board. Um, and exactly. and again, you're running a, a, a cohesive uh uh, program there. So it, it uh, as we spoke before, I believe your point was there and, and with some of your other folks in your organization, the point there is uh, uh, there is not uh, this tug of war between uh, conflicting special interests, no matter who they re- represent. You, you're, you're basically uh, a unified front uh, for uh, for workers. Or, and so uh, it, you, there isn't uh uh, one thing before the election, and then when you go into it, uh, you you end up being compromised. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we're uh, we're bringing candidates together who have a shared pro-working class vision, um, and we're electing people to to different types of offices. Um, we elected candidates um, last year to a school board, um, a health board. And a parks and rec board, right? And so these are these, these different boards have different um, purviews, but our candidates all um, all got elected on and adhered to a common platform that puts working class uh, families and working class communities first. So that means uh, better paying jobs, protections for unions, uh, protections for immigrant families, 
making sure we have Medicare for all, um, a Green New Deal, investing in infrastructure, um, and really making sure that we uh, we put working class folks first, and that means higher taxes on on the super rich, uh, making sure we have more control um, in our workplaces and in our communities. Um, so there's this there's this shared platform that all of our candidates have. Uh, that platform is democratically decided by the membership, um, and it provides a real accountability mechanism to make sure that if a candidate gets elected and they start going against what uh, they ran on, uh, what the organization stands for, then we can run somebody against them. We can uh, we can take them off our off our slate. Uh, we can find a better candidate to uh, contest the election next time around um, and throw them out of office. The, the big difference between what we're doing and uh, historically uh, what, you know, what the left and, and what working folks have done in politics uh, before is that we're really trying to get away from the individualistic model of political campaigns where you have one person deciding, hey, I'm the best person to run. I'm going to be a candidate. Um, there's no sort of decision on a democratic basis of whether they should run or not. And then they go around shopping for endorsements and they'll take some endorsements from a labor union and an endorsement from the Chamber of Commerce um, and a whole bunch of other interests all, all at the same time. Uh, it's not surprising then that when push, push comes to shove, uh, they're going to go the way of where they got the biggest donations, right? And that's often going to come from, from you know, big developers, big corporations, banks, tech companies, um, you know, housing, uh, housing developers and, and people uh, investing in real estate. All of these sort of big money interests uh, that control politics, especially at the local level, right? Um, and so building up an organization really rooted in labor, supported by labor unions and uh, labor leaders, um, provides the infrastructure to help get our people elected. Um, but it also means that those those candidates rely on the organization to get elected. Right. And so um, it means that it, it brings a, a deeper meaning to the word that often gets thrown around, which is accountability. Right. Um, accountability really only means anything. If you have the ability to take your candidate out of office, if they break their promise to the organization that, that put them into power, right? And so that's what we're doing. We're building up an organization that can get our people into office and can also remove them from, from office if they go against the interests of the working class. That's excellent, uh, Galen. Uh, and again, just on a little note, the last time we got together, uh, the recording wasn't going well. We're uh, straight, true, and normal here. We're looking good with that. But, uh, right. you know, uh, I just had a con had these conversations. I was involved with the state Democratic Party here in Idaho. And uh, on our Facebook page prior to our convention in 2020, I just threw out the idea, let's democratize the Democratic Party. And uh, boy, in the street talk, I got dogpiled on it. And a lot of people don't realize there's no Democratic Democratic Party or, or Democratic Republican Party. You can't even become a member. Uh, and a lot of people right. don't realize that, let alone uh, have a say so on not only who gets put up for running for the office, but if they stay there because... Uh, again, with uh, conventional parties, for lack of a better term, Galen, um, what we see certainly at a national level is, um, and on the local level, but the national news makes the headlines more often, uh, is for a progressive or a more representative worker 
uh, candidate. Uh, they have to primary that incumbent. And then again, all the power, not only of the money, but the party typically is behind that uh, incumbent, isn't it? Absolutely. And I mean, so I'm a union organizer uh, coming from the labor movement. Um, you know, I, I and other sort of labor activists and labor leaders and people fighting for justice in the workplace, um, we would never accept a union that followed the complete lack of internal democracy that we seem to accept in political parties, right? In a union, the entire leadership is elected by the membership, right? The priorities of the union are decided by the membership, right? Um, all of that goes out the window as soon as we get over to electoral politics. And so for a lot of folks, it's like, hey, we, we really believe in democracy within our unions and within our community organizations. That's a really important thing for us, right? You shouldn't be in leadership unless you can win the support um, of the membership without bringing in money from some big corporation. You need to go out and talk to your members, right? And talk to them about why you're the best person to be the, the leader, the president of your chapter or the president of your local, right? You need to have those face-to-face -face conversations. Suddenly we get, we get into electoral politics and it's really just about who can uh, who can pry the the biggest checks out of donors' hands, right? And and that's going to mean selling workers out, as we've seen with the Democratic Party time and time again, because ultimately big tech companies um, and other big companies, big banks and big financial institutions, are always going to be able to contribute more to their election campaigns than labor can. And we've seen the results of that uh, time and time again. So what we're really trying to do with the labor slate is make sure that you know, there's one member, one vote. You're a member of the labor slate as an organization. You have a vote over what is in the platform. You have a vote over whether we run a particular candidate in a particular race. Um, and it's, it's a real democratic institution, uh, as a political party really should be. Um, so we believe that it is, it is a fool's errand to try and reform the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. Um, you know, you can never be a member. Um, and no matter how many people you bring into the party, their voices are never going to be able to counteract the amount of money that is brought into the party. Uh, so we need to build a political institution that really values uh, membership, that values the number of people voting and not the size of their checkbooks. Excellent. Um, once again, the, the union model for its flaws, and we're both union members, but we could speak of that. I'm not uh, uh, opposed to that in other formats. Uh, but, uh, you know, to me, uh, to just put it in visuals here, if you will, is uh, uh, you go down to your business meeting at your local and you have that sergeant at arms there and you show mm -hmm. him or her your card. You are uh, a member in good standing in that union, in that local. You sit down and you get your raise your hand, yay or nay. I mean, there's gotcha. there's there's structure to it as, a, you know, there'd be organized. There could be a bargaining committee. There's that. It's, it's not a perfect example, but uh, you, you don't get to do that in either of the parties that uh, and that's fine, except for the fact that they control everything else. They control the, uh, the ballot line. They have the laws written for them. Um, and like I said, when I proposed this uh, uh, in 2020 on our online uh, convention, um, uh, I was advised by a fellow traveler who stuck up for me uh, online, but told me privately, he says, you're really threatening these people personally because, you know, they played the game. They got to that position. And, you know, as we would say, if they wanted our opinion, they'd give it to us. 
Uh, and again, a, a, not a perfect system, but a, a look at uh, Europe, Galen. Uh, a couple, three years ago, I heard this interview that really opened my eyes was if you want to be part of the Labour Party in the UK, you go down to their office. I'm sure you sign a statement saying that you're part of that. You adhere to their principles. Uh, you pay some dues, uh, nominal, uh, perhaps, or otherwise. But that gives you, uh, you're a stakeholder then. And then when you show up again at that meeting, there is that sergeant at arms and they say, so-and-so, these people have been verified to be members in good standing. And, and that sounds to me like the model, more or less, you're constructing there uh, with Labor Slate down in the Bay Area. Exactly. That's absolutely right. And um, it's really about creating that uh, membership model um, and uh, building a model based on you, you need to be involved. You don't just show up uh, every four years and, and vote for whatever candidates happen to be running. Um, but you're going to you're going to vote on on nominations. You're going to vote on picking the candidate that we as an organization want to put forward in this particular race, right? Um, so yeah, it's a much more involved process. All members pay dues. Uh, we keep our dues uh, super low to make sure it's accessible to everybody. Um, you know, very similar to the, the Labor Party in the UK or, or the NDP in uh, my home country, Canada. Um, so yeah, nominal dues, but it means everybody has, uh, has skin in the game, right? People have an investment in the organization um, to make sure that they're uh, the, the, the candidates that they support and the policies that they support actually get uh, elected and implemented. Right. And another model that uh, uh, I would share also, which is it's 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 a, not a political party. It's a social welfare party is a Democratic Socialist of America. And one of the things okay. that drew me to them was this exact model. And as far as the dues, um, if you can't, uh, you know, there's different levels, uh, but you can even sign a waiver and say, I can't afford any. Uh, but by signing that statement, you're still given uh, that membership, that stake in the game. Absolutely. I think I think that's really important. You know, um, it's important that we recognize that we're an organization of the working class. And I'm talking about the labor slate. Uh, we're an organization of the working class. Um, and the vast majority of the working class does work. Right. The vast majority of the working class works a job and uh, has an income and is able to pay dues. And that's great. And that's what builds up our organization, keeps us uh, strong, enables us to run viable campaigns to actually get our people elected. Um, but there's a lot of working class folks who aren't currently working, right? Whether they're students and they're uh, basically studying or training for a job um, or they're retired folks, right? And they're on a fixed income. They're on either a pension or or maybe just only social security, right? Um, and then there's the, the the army of the unemployed, right? All the folks who are between jobs and, and don't have a job right now. There's disabled folks who, whether due to a workplace accident or to a disease or some underlying health condition, aren't able to work, right? All of these po- folks are part of the working class, and they all need to be included in determining the direction of the policies um, that we advance as a working class organization. So yeah, there are going to be folks who, um, who due to whatever life circumstances they're in, can't afford dues right now. And so we, we really make an effort to make sure the dues are super low, so that it's really low barrier to entry for everyone. Um, and in rare cases where someone is, you know, it's between having, having dinner that night and paying their dues to build the organization, absolutely there's flexibility. Um, but we really think, you know, to build up an organization that is going to be able to go toe to toe with capital 
with the big uh, political and economic institutions that own and control and run this country, it is going to take sacrifice. It is going to take um, hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people uh, making real sacrifices to build up an organization that is larger than themselves, that is larger than their family, that is larger than their community, um, and putting putting real skin in the game and saying, you know what, I'm going to give up something in my personal life for for the betterment of this organization, for the greater good of the working class, so we can actually win. So we can actually win Medicare for all. So we can actually win living wages. So we can actually make sure that everybody has a pension and nobody is impoverished when they retire. So we can win childcare for all families so that people who they want to have kids can actually go and have kids and not have to uh, consider their inability to afford childcare uh, just by starting a family, right? Um, to be able to win infrastructure and transit uh, investment and improvements to make sure we can uh, build a sustainable and green economy for our grandchildren, right? So for all of these things, it is going to take a sacrifice, not just of time, but also of money. Uh, and But we think it's worth it. We think that everybody pitching in can mean uh, can mean real change in the long term. Well, I agree. And again, uh, uh, regardless of... Uh, the the other models we talked about uh, the, the emphasis on everyone having a stake in it and the fact of of uh, human nature, if you will, is that sacrifice uh, gives them that empowerment uh, uh, that people want to be engaged and you're, you're that's what you're looking at, Galen. I'm speaking with Galen Ash. He's a communications chair with Labor Slate, uh, independent political organization out of San Francisco Bay Area that ran six candidates at local levels in 2020 and got half of them into office. Uh, before we go into your uh, outlook in the future, I, I would like to cover again those offices that you mentioned where you won from Parks and Rec to health boards, uh, health districts. Uh, I admire that focus. Uh, for one thing, you're building up your bench, which is uh, something right out of the political playbook. And there's no reason to uh, ignore the lessons that have been learned in the past, Galen. But also uh, what you're speaking about there is the commons, I would put it. You know, talk about the common good. You're literally protecting the commons when you have someone representing the workers uh, on uh, the park and rec board to be a bulk work against austerity, against privatization. 100%. Yeah, I think. I think the left, um, not just the left, people in general, but um, for our purposes, the left gets really hung up on these big races for president, for Senate, for Congress, right? Um, and I think we tend to ignore all of the power that exists and is just there for the taking at the local level, which means the difference between um, having um, free and publicly funded programs in your local park versus having to pay for them which means for a lot of families, not having those programs and services, right? It's the difference between making sure that there's a well-funded public school in your neighborhood for your kids and your neighbor's kids and all the kids in your community uh, versus a charter school, right? Which is what's been happening. And so we're really excited and proud of the fact that, you know, we got Mike Hutchinson elected to the Oakland School Board on a very clear anti-privatization, anti-charter school platform, pro-public schools, investing in our public schools, making sure every kid in Oakland has an amazing public school that they can go to. We got Eduardo Torres elected to the Parks and Recreation Board um, up in Bay Point on a very clear anti-privatization platform. Again, public funding 
uh, for parks and recreation programs. Uh, we got Kimberly Griffin elected to the Sequoia Health District Board um, on the same sort of pro-working class, pro-worker uh, platform um, to make sure that uh, health services in Redwood City are publicly funded and people have access to those programs, right? So there is a lot of power at these local level offices. Um, and it's, it's incumbent on us to not ignore these races, even though they're not necessarily the most glamorous thing in the world, right? But we need working class champions in those positions of power, pulling those levers of power, making those decisions um, in a way that really benefits uh, working class families. And it's, it's to our detriment to ignore them and only focus on the Bernie Sanders of the world, right? Um, so we are we are focused where there where we can have a real immediate impact on people's lives. But like you said, also building up our bench um, and getting people into elected office who maybe four eight years down the line uh, might be interested in running for county board of supervisors or California state assembly, right? Um, and that's that's the real uh, beauty of this project is we're not just having an immediate effect on working families' lives this year. We are also developing and building uh, the experience and, and the leadership capacity of our candidates to take on bigger and bigger challenges into the future and to continue to advance the cause of building a political party uh, for and by and of the working class. Excellent. Uh, just to throw a little uh, little lightheartedness into it, if you'll, if you'll uh, humor me, Galen, uh, sure. I, I just think of that. I mean, it's dead serious, but I always think of that. Uh, what you're proposing there is public schools, public parks, as opposed to the Chuck E. Cheese model, where you, you want your kid to play in a park, come up with a token. You want them to go to exactly. good, go to a good public a good school, come up with a token. Uh, you know, yeah. that was actually from Park and Recs, the, the show on a few years ago. And uh, my daughter and I, we always uh, reference that because uh, it's funny. Popular culture can really uh, focus in on a few things. Uh, but, you know, that's really what it comes right down to it. And, and you know, it's, it's been going on for hundreds of years. It, 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 to me, it's, it's just another uh, uh, epic in uh, uh, what started with the enclosures of the commons. And we're seeing it now. And again, you're getting you're really right in the trenches as opposed to uh, hundreds of miles away or thousands of miles away. You're right, literally right in the trenches of those battles, Galen. So with that, uh, again, you, you did very well. Uh, uh, you, you got well, I'm really impressed. Uh, uh, not to be, I'm sure it was a battle, but very impressive uh, to get someone in Oakland. I mean, that's. That's not small potatoes, Oakland School District. Uh, it really a, a good focus on so many issues that um, face American school districts all across the country um, and uh, parks. And again, in, as certainly in COVID, having Kimberly there, who I uh, interviewed uh, in the, the uh, Redwood District there, the public health district. Uh, so you, you're, you're running and gunning there. What's the outlook for um, uh, further on? Yeah, so um, we are super excited about 2022. Um, we have launched our candidate search um, already. Uh, we are really focused on finding labor leaders and community leaders with roots, deep roots in their communities uh, to run for local up, local level office uh, where they work, where they live. Um, we are definitely excited about expanding beyond the Bay Area. So we're looking at uh, races in the Central Valley um, and up in Northern California um, and in the eastern part of the state as well. Uh, we've already got several candidates who've uh, 
uh, we've reached out to or who have reached out to us and said, hey, I'm interested in running for city council in 2022. I'm interested in running uh, for school board in 2022 in their respective uh, towns and cities. Um, and we are super excited about getting those candidates together uh, over the course of 2021, uh, doing really strong uh, candidate training and development, uh, making sure everybody feels very comfortable and confident uh, with our democratically decided platform and feels uh, really able to speak to the issues that affect their community and, and link those to this broader pro-working class fight that we're engaged in. Um, but we are also absolutely uh, always eager uh, to hear from new folks who are considering running uh, or somebody who knows a co-worker, knows a family member, knows a friend who, think, who they think would be a fantastic candidate. Uh, we want to hear from you. Um, all of our candidates, uh, you know, they adhere to our platform. Um, we do sort of a one-stop shop for building out their campaign infrastructure. Um, and, you know, whether that's organizing and knocking on doors and lit drops and phone banks, but also all of the communications work uh, in terms of de designing uh, the logos, the, the yard signs, the, the leaflets, the pamphlets, the flyers, all of that kind of stuff um, and campaign videos as well. So uh, we would love to hear from folks if they think there's somebody that they think should run. Um, it would be great to, uh, to chat with them. Uh, only conditions are to, to be a labor slate candidate. You can't be a landlord. You can't be a boss. And you can't be a banker. <laughs> but otherwise, we want to hear from you. That's great. You know, Galen, I'm thinking about this, what you're saying. Not only are you providing the, the nuts and bolts, if you will, uh, but you, uh, while you're not going to, you're going to, you're, uh, the fact that your organization gets to pick the candidates, so it's not like you have a hierarchy that picks them is great, but you're not expending, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you're not expending the energy into the primary race where forcing the candidates to go out and solicit support like we talked about. Uh, and, you know, you know, my faith teaches me you can only serve one master. So, so uh, while you're not uh, picking who's going to run in those positions, uh, you're not expending the energy in the primaries nor or uh, the, the compromise. Absolutely, yeah. So we're, we're engaged in nonpartisan races at this point in the game. Um, we imagine, you know, four years from now or so, we probably will run our first candidates for state assembly. And because California has a nonpartisan primary system, um, we will be running candidates as labor candidates uh, in the future, uh, but we we're not quite there yet. Uh, so yeah, we're focused on on nonpartisan races uh, for now, and uh, really excited about all of the folks who've come forward and all the folks who we haven't met yet. Um, and we expect to uh, be meeting um, in the coming year um, and developing their campaigns and making sure that they are uh, viable and able to win. And I think I just also want to really emphasize that. We don't endorse candidates. We're not an endorsing organization. Uh, we nominate candidates. So that means um, you can get endorsements if you're a candidate from, you know, any number of groups. But if you're a labor slate candidate, uh, you're, you're on a slate with other labor slate candidates and you work together as a team. Uh, there's a unified messaging strategy, unified communications, same logos, same branding. Um, people are, you know, working together as a team to get everybody elected, right? So we're really getting away from that individualistic model of how campaigns work in this country uh, up to now.
Excellent. Galen. Galen Ash, Communications Chair with Labor Slate out of the Bay Area. We all know where that is in America, the San Francisco area. Successfully ran uh, campaigns down there in 2020 for some very linchpin important offices that have direct impact on uh, workers' daily life uh, uh, in the workplace and out of it day to day for themselves and their family. So, uh, Galen, thank you for your time. And I, I'm so encouraged by what you're saying. I mean, you know, to me, it's foundational. Uh, it's the long march <laughs> to borrow from uh, back in the day. Right. I mean, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, get, you know, someone can bust me on that one. Um, uh, but so uh, let's close up here uh, with anything else you want to say and how people can uh, get hold of you and uh, find your organization. On uh, I always say uh, Zuckerberg really didn't make that social media uh, for this intention, but that's just too bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, um, I really encourage folks to check out our website and find us on laborslate.org. Um, and like I said earlier, if you know anybody who you think would make a great candidate, please uh, please put their name forward. We've got a uh, candidate search form on our website, uh, so you can uh, put them forward for consideration there. Um, and feel free to uh, to reach us reach out to us by Twitter or email or Facebook if you have any questions or or just like to chat more. We'd love to hear from you. Excellent. Yeah, you've been, you've, uh, you've been great as far as that goes. Uh, you responded immediately when I reached out to your organization, Galen. And this is John Andercheck. Uh, this is for Labor Lines, the radio show, weekly radio show on KRFP right there in Moscow, Idaho, 90.3 in the FM. And uh, Labor Lines, a podcast on Anchor FM and some other platforms now. And um, uh, Galen, you're going to go up. You also will be able to find this. I'll be putting it up on the Labor Lines Facebook group. So uh, keep in touch. You got anything going on, your general assemblies, anything like that, you always have a voice here. Thank you so much, John. We really appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to talking again soon. Okay, thanks again. Take care. And we're going to stop right now.